We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 474 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Thursday, December 29th, 2022, and the commander's quarterback decision is in. Carson Wentz is the team's new starting quarterback, replacing a benched Taylor Heineke. What we expected to happen has, in fact, happened. Uh, For the record, I am on board with this decision. Uh, I do think that there is logic behind going with Carson as the QB1. A, he does offer more upside than Taylor does. B, maybe the biggest advantage that Taylor had over Carson, the ability to avoid the sack, really hasn't been much of an advantage lately. And Taylor has been turning the ball over uh, a ton via sack strip loss fumbles. C, Carson's second go-round as the commander starting quarterback this season should be better than the first go-round, given that he's more comfortable with the offense and the team, in theory, has more of an offensive identity. And D, the overall offensive output with Taylor as a starting quarterback has not been very good. But look, things certainly could be worse with Carson than they were with Taylor There's irony here in that Taylor is coming off a game in which he actually did a lot of good things against a really good defense and that of the San Francisco 49ers. And ultimately, the commander's offensive line from a pass protection standpoint this season is quite bad. And so it may not matter who the team's starting quarterback is. This is such a rare situation. An NFL team in possession of a playoff spot, super late in a regular season, making a change at quarterback. But this is the situation for our commanders, for whom many things are quite rare. Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Wednesday morning, while some of you were having your morning coffee, while some of you were at the gym, while some of you were doing the walk of shame, hey, don't worry, we don't judge on this podcast. The commanders tweeted out their quarterback decision. Uh, The commanders in a tweet at 8.05 Eastern on Wednesday morning said that Carson Wentz will be the team's starting quarterback for its game against the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. Next segment, in-depth 
reaction to and commentary on the decision. As you will hear what head coach Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz had to say at their post-practice press conferences on Wednesday afternoon. You'll also hear what Taylor Heineke had to say in a session with reporters on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Ron opened up about how Carson is better now as compared to how he was earlier this season. Carson did address how he, over the final two games of this Commander's 2022 regular season, has a chance to right the wrong that was his oh-so-poor play over the final two games of the Indianapolis Colts 2021 regular season. I'll then discuss some non-quarterback items from the Commanders from Wednesday, including their first injury report for this game against the Browns and a breakdown from Ron Rivera on what went wrong for the defense in the 37-20 loss at the 49ers this past Saturday. Uh, By the way, also regarding the commander's quarterback situation was this on Wednesday morning, a tweet from NFL insider Josina Anderson of CBS Sports HQ. The tweet read as follows, quote, I've also told that if the Commanders go into Week 18 with a meaningful game for playoff contention, they currently expect to start Carson Wentz, then again too. If not, they will look to evaluate Sam Howell more next week, end quote. Now understand, Josina Anderson has a good relationship with Ron Rivera, so I would not be surprised if that came directly from Ron, but Sam Howell, Sam I am, he could be your commander's starting quarterback come week 18. We shall see. Remember, the commanders this Sunday can clinch a playoff spot. Also on the show, uh, the Wizards, another win, a fourth win in five games. Uh, This off 13 losses in 14 games, uh, but the Wizards, a 127-102 win over the Phoenix Suns at Capital One Arena on Wednesday night, despite being without Bradley Beal. Now, the Suns were without Devin Booker and Cameron Payne, but hey, the Wizards are playing a lot better. Uh, I'll also hit on Virginia basketball, number 13 Cavaliers, a 66-46 blowout of Albany at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia on Wednesday night. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Shaq. Uh, No, not that Shaq. Another Shaq. Uh, He writes to me about my take (laughs) on Taylor Heineke, subject therapy. Right, Shaq. First, love the podcast. My daughter has swim team practice at 4.50 in the morning, and your podcast, out in the 5 a.m. hour, drops at a really timely time as a great listen while I am sitting in a rec center watching the kids swim. I listen every single day. I don't think I've missed an episode since you started the podcast. Also, I think you should buy the rights to the theme music (laughs) so, so nobody else can use it. Maybe we should start a Theme song, go fund me for this. Second, I generally agree with you on a lot of things, and I appreciate your analytical approach to covering sports. However, I think that you're missing something with Taylor Heineke. Let me say, I am not a Taylor Heineke denier, a Taylor Heineke hater, a dater. I actually like the guy, and he has heart for miles. He has not shied away from his opportunity, and he has done the best he could with it. He's a good teammate, and I'm sure that he's good for the locker room, and he knows Scott Turner's offense, and there is value in that. When he plays, I hope the team wins. I root for him to be successful. However, having said all of that, I think that you (laughs) have a serious case of Heineke-itis. 
The symptom is your better judgment is clouded by moxie and luck, and you start making suggestions and analysis that fly in the face of good logic and reason. It has been observed by many fans and media in the Washington, D.C. metro area. As with most things, acceptance is the first step to recovery. I am fully here to help you on your journey to recovery. Anything that you need, I'm here for you. The following should be taken into consideration. Number one, he actually hasn't played well in any game that he has started this year. You often say his performance is mixed, and I don't deny he has made some plays here and there, but going into the San Francisco game, his QBRs, starting with the Green Bay game, were 34, 57, 29, 59, 50, 53, 26, and 35. As you know, QBR is on a 0 to 100 scale. He has four games with QBRs of less than 40 and two in the 20s with a high watermark with what he did in the Eagles game at 59. These ratings are somewhere between bad and dreadful. Number two, Heineke is not avoiding sacks and is turning the ball over at an alarming rate when he is hit. The things that he was supposed to be good at, he has not been good at to go along with his limitations from an arm strength perspective. Number three, part of his moxie magic is just blind luck. He puts balls into harm's way a lot, and for inexplicable reasons, defenders drop balls or refs deck defensive backs on his behalf. I wonder if he performs rituals and ceremonies to the football gods to grant him his luck. I don't know, but I do know that the luck can't last forever. The other part of his moxie is named Terry McLaurin. Heineke often just chucks the ball in McLaurin's direction on a wing and a prayer, and good things happen. Every Washington quarterback should do that, but that's more on McLaurin than on Heineke. I will give him credit. He's smart enough to do that. Number four, the offense under Heineke's stewardship has failed to score points, has stalled in the red zone, and has failed to convert third downs. Number five, his physical limitations are too much for an offense to overcome except for a game or two. The only way to win with Taylor Heineke is to run the stuffing out of the ball, play outstanding defense, hope for a moxie magic play or two, and win 17-15. That's not sustainable. As Kevin Bacon said in A Few Good Men, these are the facts and they are undisputed. It just hasn't worked and it's not going to. I fear that you, and Dr. Sabah for that matter, have such bad cases of Heineke-itis that you are going to need to seek professional help. Dr. Sabah's case might be the worst case that I've ever seen. Even Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington, he crowned himself as the king of the Heineke hive, but he has said that he's no longer the king, maybe just a prince. Acceptance is a good thing. I don't know what to do with Carson Wentz, but there is no way that Heineke should be brought back to the commanders. If you need a quarterback to hand the ball off 40 times, have some mobility and throw a few balls here and there, then they have to coach Sam Howell up to be able to do that by the beginning of next season. It's not a high bar. Just about any NFL quarterback should be able to operate the offense that Taylor Heineke has been asked to operate. There's no need to bring him back to do it. The commanders should not be considering a contract extension for Taylor Heineke. After the season, they should plan on making sure that Sam Howell is ready to be the backup and focus on who is actually going to start, whether that's Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, a draft pick, or somebody else. Who knows? But the one thing that should be 100% clear, that person can't be Taylor Heineke. Hope you get some time with the family. Again, wonderful job on the podcast.
Uh, well, thank you for that email, Shaq. That was a lengthy email, but I thought that that was a well-done email. So thank you for the email, Shaq Daddy. Uh, I actually think that Shaq and I agree on a lot with Taylor Heineke. Um, I agree with most of what Shaq had to say about Taylor Heineke. I mean, from my perspective, I think that I've been pretty reasonable and fair with our guy Tay-Tay. Um, you know, I have been open-minded with him. I think more open-minded than a lot of people in the media, but I would not say that I have a case of Heineke-itis, but I don't know. I mean, I've pointed out Taylor Heineke's bad stats, including the bad total QBR. I did a whole thing on how bad some of the advanced stats for both Taylor and Carson Wentz for this season are. I did that on Tuesday's show, episode 472. I do, though, disagree with Shaq on this. Taylor Heineke is a very good backup quarterback, and there is value in that. And so having him beyond this season, what is a contract season for Taylor, uh, should be desirable for the commanders. Now, maybe he, as an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason, ends up getting an offer from another NFL team that makes the commanders resigning him imprudent. Uh, maybe Taylor doesn't want to resign with the commanders. But as a fan of the team, I would like Taylor back as part of the commanders quarterback mix. You need multiple quarterbacks with whom you feel that you can win. Uh, you can win with Taylor as your starting quarterback. We've seen that now in each of the last two seasons. Doesn't mean that he's a QB1, but if your QB1 is out for, say, a month, uh, Taylor can be your starting quarterback and you can go, say, two and two or three and one or, dare I say, Four and oh. Everybody is aware of Taylor Heineke's limitations. They have been talked about to death. I don't think any reasonable person thinks that Taylor Heineke is some lights out, dominant franchise quarterback. What I have said is that it's okay to acknowledge what Taylor Heineke is as opposed to being fixated on what he isn't. I think that too many people are fixated on what Taylor is not. I think that there should be more of a focus on what he is. What he is not is a good QB1. What he is, is a very good QB2. And there is a lot of value in a player like that. Well, there right now also is a lot of value in the Washington, D.C. area real estate market. Uh, the Washington, D.C. area real estate market right now features great opportunity for buyers. Uh, housing prices are falling due to an increase in inventory caused by the increases in mortgage rates. Now actually is a very good time to buy a home in the D.C. area, even with the increases in mortgage rates, because you can always refinance when the rates come down, and they will come down. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt understands the Washington, D.C. area real estate market, but he's not just some know-it-all. He is here for you to listen to you, to hear what you want, and then determine the best way of going about getting you what you want, no matter your age or situation in life. His website says it all. Close it with Kel.com. Kellen Hunt is a closer. Kellen Hunt will close you buying the home that you want. And Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yes, you, the buyer, get a piece of the action. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, if anyone who you know is looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, the name to know is Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. 
book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Visit closeitwithkel.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kel. Visit closeitwithkel.com and tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. For a fifth consecutive season, Washington is having at least two changes regarding its starting quarterback, either due to injury or COVID or ineffectiveness. Uh, Few teams in the NFL, no quarterback instability like our team does. The expected became official on Wednesday morning as the commanders tweeted out that Carson Wentz was back to being the team's starting quarterback. This off head coach Rod Rivera in the fourth quarter of the commander's previous game, the 37-20 loss at the San Francisco 49ers this past Saturday, having benched Taylor Heineke in favor of Carson. We have the 7-7-1 commanders against the 6-9 Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. And Carson Wentz, a.k.a. Commander Carson, will be the commander's starting quarterback. He'll be making his first start since October 13th when he suffered a fractured ring finger on his right hand in a 12-7 win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. The commanders practiced on Wednesday. Ron Rivera did a post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. This was Ron on why he is going back to Carson Wentz as the commander's starting quarterback. Seeing the way he played, um, how he handled things, I think um, where we are right now, I'm looking for a little bit of a spark, a little something different, and uh, I think now's a good opportunity for it. And you heard Ron Rivera say that he is, quote, looking for a little bit of a spark, a little something different, end quote. Here was Ron on Wednesday afternoon on what he saw from Carson Wentz in his relief appearance in the loss at the Niners this past Saturday to suggest that Carson can provide a spark. Well, I think the biggest thing is he's he's more comfortable with what we're doing. That that was evident in in the game, uh, in spite of the fact that you know they knew we were going to throw it. They they kept coming, and I thought he handled those situations very very well. You know, he got the ball out a couple times hot, um, got it out to where they needed to be thrown. Um, he threw some really nice balls. Uh, his decision making was very quick. So I, I, again, I just think that now he's had a little bit more of an opportunity to, to, to see the rest of the offense, feel the rest of the offense, and um, I think that's, that's, a, that's a big part of it. The other part, I think, is you know, he got a little bit of a reset. You know, he, he missed several games, he had an opportunity to, to heal up, to, to, you know, to, to look and feel better, and I, I think that's exactly where he is right now. Carson Wentz in the loss at the Niners, uh, 12 of 16 for 123 yards, a touchdown and no interceptions, and he took no sacks. His touchdown pass was impressive, a fourth quarter, third and 10, 20-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Curtis Samuel. Uh, Carson capably handled one of the many low snaps from, from center West Schweitz during the game and threw a perfect pass to Curtis on a route toward the front left corner of the end zone. The idea that Carson now has a better wait for it, command of the commander's offense is a big theme for why going back to him as the team's starting quarterback makes sense. Here was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on what he saw from Carson in the loss at the Niners that indicates that Carson has a better command of the offense as compared to where he was at over the team's first six games of this regular season. Well, one of the first things was um, when you see him throw the hots, 
and I, I thought that was I thought that was probably one of the really good things because again, if you go back to the to to the uh, last game you played against the Bears, you know we had a they had a backside blitz on our first third down and it came completely clean and it's one of those things that you know if you sees that he throws that dart and it's a completely different different play and now you you see him do that and you say okay he's seeing those and then you see another pressure and he gets the ball out again quickly and you say okay he sees that those are part of the things um we we ran a, a deep cross that he hit in the game and again it's all you know understanding to get it out and when to get it out and who to get it out to and along those lines, uh, this was Carson Wentz during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon on if he has become more adept at handling blitzes as compared to where he was at prior to his injury. Yeah, um, I think just being out, you know, I'm, I wasn't just out and away from everybody. I was still in every meeting trying to learn and trying to grow within this offense and um, take every chance I could to, to get better and further my understanding for, for this opportunity, you know, and I think um, by no means do I got it all figured out by any means, but I think um, just trying to understand it and see it from a different perspective when you're not, you know, going out there and having to play it and, and go through it and you got all the other things that come with being the starter, uh, been able to kind of understand it a little bit deeper and, and hopefully, you know, recall quicker and different things that uh, I think have helped um, just being on the sideline opportunities and experiences that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Look, the Carson Wentz, who we saw over the Commanders for six games of this regular season, was not good enough. He did have some good games, but the overall body of work was not close to good enough. Uh, It is imperative that the Carson Wentz, who we see on Sunday afternoon against the Browns, is a Carson who is better than the Carson who we saw over the team's two and four start. And I do buy into this idea that he is more comfortable with the offense. I mean, that makes sense. He has had two plus months to further study and become accustomed to and observe the offense. Uh, What about the trade? The commanders this past March traded multiple draft picks to the Indianapolis Colts for Carson Wentz. The commanders in the trade got Carson a second-round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, pick number 47 overall, and a seventh-round pick in the 2022 Draft. The Colts in the trade got a second-round pick in the 2022 Draft, pick number 42 overall, a third-round pick in the 2022 Draft, and a third-round pick in the 2023 Draft that could become a second-round pick in the 2023 Draft. And the Commanders took on the entirety of Carson's big-money contract. This was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on if what was given up for Carson in the trade factored into Ron's decision to go back to Carson as the team's starting quarterback. I, I, I thought about those things. I thought about his ability to make certain throws as well. I, th- I think that's a big part of you know, why he's here, obviously, is because we believe he can throw, he can throw the ball um, you know, and, and downfield and, and make those long, deep throws on on the outs and on the seven routes, those things are are a big part of what we what we do as an offense. Another factor in Rod Rivera's decision to go back to Carson Wentz as the Commanders' starting quarterback, the playoff push. Uh, if the Commanders win their final two regular season games, the team will make the playoffs. Uh, it's wild, but the Commanders, even with them having gone winless in December, still hold the number seven seed in the NFC, and thus the conference's third and final wildcard spot. Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on the significance of the playoff push in his quarterback decision. 
Yeah, I mean, we want to win both these, obviously, to, to get into the into the playoffs, and, and that's a part of it. Um, and I think that's also part of the reason, you know, behind it. I mean, we, you know, the last three games were were o two and one, and so looking for a little something extra to give us an, a little something to get over the hump, and and it's important, especially with these last two games that we want to win. And so you take a step back. How about the storyline now? Carson Wentz, who the Colts this past offseason traded in large part due to him playing terribly over the team's final two games in the 2021 regular season to cost the team a playoff spot. That same Carson Wentz now has been reinstalled as the commander starting quarterback just in time for their final two games in this 2022 regular season as the commanders try to clinch a playoff spot. (laughs) You could not have scripted this much better if you tried. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on the potential for Carson Wentz to do over his team's final two regular season games this season, what he did not do over his team's two final regular season games last season. Well, I I think, you know, that'd be great for him, first of all, but two different sets, circumstances, two different teams. Um, but for him, obviously, it would be great. It would be great for us as, as an organization to, to, to do what we need to do to get ourselves in the playoffs. Yes, it would. Here was Carson Wentz on Wednesday afternoon on if the way that his 2021 season ended is on his mind. I try not to think about that. You know, every year um, it just seems so different. You know, there's there's years that the season's ended positively and negatively and um, try not to, you know, it's it's a whole new different set of guys. It's a different team. I'm wearing a different uniform the whole nine yards. And so uh, I'm going to show up and try and do my job to the best of my ability. And hopefully we uh, we like the result. Hopefully. Now, what kind of a commander's offense will we see on Sunday afternoon against the Browns? Uh, The commanders with Taylor Heineke as their starting quarterback became very proud of this offensive formula that was straight out of like 1950, right? Go with a lot of running plays, set up manageable third downs, win the time of possession battle. Uh, The offensive formula was largely not employed during Carson Wentz's first six starts in this regular season. Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on if the commanders will be sticking to the formula uh, that was established during Taylor Heineke's time as the team's starting quarterback. We're going to do what we, we, we think helps us win the game the most, in all honesty. And so there's a lot of things that we got to be able to do. And I was happy to hear Ron Rivera say that on Wednesday afternoon. You know, this formula that everyone loves so much, uh, the formula ended up hurting the commanders big time in their loss at the Niners. The commanders this past Saturday stuck with a running game that was not working. Uh, The 49ers for the 2022 regular season through week 15 were number two in the NFL in run defense for football outsiders DVOA metric. The Niners have an elite run defense. The commander's rushing offense this past Saturday got stifled. Uh, Running backs Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and Jonathan Williams, receiver Curtis Samuel, and quarterback Taylor Heineke, those guys combined for 33 carries for a mere 79 yards. That works out to a yards per carry of just 2.39. And particularly maddening to me was the commander's insistence on running on early downs in the first half. And just the commander's insistence on running in the first half, period. The commanders on Saturday in the first half totaled 24 rushing attempts versus 11 passing attempts, despite the 24 rushing attempts averaging just 2.17 yards per attempt 
and the 11 pass attempts averaging 8.09 yards per attempt. It's funny to me, all of the lovers of the formula have not talked about this this week. The formula cost the commanders big time this past Saturday. Now, all of that said, another thing to be thinking about is the offensive line. And the danger with this commander's team in leaning on the pass is that you do open yourself up to sacks, as I have been harping on. The commander's offensive line is the thing. The complete collapse of Washington's offensive line from a pass protection standpoint has been the commander's number one problem this season. Oh, the quarterback play has been a problem too, but the bigger problem has been the pass protection. The commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 16 are number 28 out of 32 NFL teams in ESPN's team pass block win rate. Now, Ron Rivera in his Zoom press conference on Tuesday afternoon perhaps again suggested that at least some of the commanders' pass protection problems have been on Taylor Heineke. Here was Ron on Wednesday afternoon on the offensive line now being set to be back to pass protecting for Carson Wentz. Well, I, I, I think one of the things that, you know, obviously, and what I said yesterday is really, you get to a certain point of the game where, where they can pin their ears back and go, it, it makes it hard, you know, and, and then you also got to consider who you're playing against. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it wasn't as if we, we were playing, you know, the 32nd ranked off uh, defense. I mean, we were, we were playing a pretty doggone good defense, that's for sure. Um, so sometimes, you know, things happen, but the shift, back to Carson really is something that the guys will have to get used to just the way the cadence goes it's probably the first and foremost thing and then secondly is you know again understanding what he's going to do and how he can do it with the ball um, I'd like to believe that him getting the ball out as quick as he did um, you know going through his progressions like he did in, in, in those couple of series that he had you know gives these guys pause to go okay He's comfortable. He's, he gets it. Um, and so we can, you know, we can adjust and adapt, and I think they will. Well, the good news is that the Browns' defense is not the Niners' defense, although the Browns' defense does include one of the best edge defenders in the NFL in Miles Garrett. Uh, he, for this 2022 regular season through Week 16, is number four in the NFL in sacks with 13 and a half. Uh, as for Taylor Heineke, so he has been benched. Uh, he on Wednesday afternoon spoke with reporters. Here was some of that session. Yeah, it sucks. Um, you know, every guy in this locker room feel, should feel like they should start. Um, if you don't, then you shouldn't be in this league. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm, again, I'm going to try and be the best backup I can be to him. How did you flip that switch to go from that sucking to helping? Well, I've said this before. Um, you know, the only thing I can do is control what I can control. And right now, it's be the best backup uh, and try and help prepare Carson in any way I can. So, you know, that's what I want to do. All right, so some good stuff from Taylor Heineke right there. You know, Taylor has been benched. He also is banged up. Uh, Taylor on Wednesday did not take normal QB2 practice reps. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on that. Well, he's beat up a little bit today, a little sore. So we didn't have him throwing the ball, really. That was probably the biggest thing you guys didn't see. He didn't really throw the ball much. And it is worth noting that Taylor Heineke was not listed on the commander's Wednesday injury report. Uh, also, Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon did make clear that Taylor, if healthy, will be the commander's number two quarterback for Sunday afternoon's game 
against the Browns. Given the way that Ron has talked about Taylor this season, uh, I have hypothesized that Ron was wanting to go back to Carson Wentz as the team's starting quarterback. Well, this was Ron on Wednesday afternoon on having stuck with Taylor as the team's starting quarterback, even during the initial weeks after Carson was activated from the reserve injured list to the 53-man roster on December 12th. I was going to stick with it because it was the hot hand. I mean, it would have made... You know, it had been asinine to make the change then. But as we went through the last couple of weeks and, you know, we saw some, I saw some things that thought, okay, maybe we just need a little change right now. Um, and then after this last game, I thought, okay, you know, everything that I've thought about, everything I've prepared for, you know, this moment, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, whatever you think about Ron Rivera, he clearly did put a lot of thought into making this decision to bench Taylor Heineke in favor of Carson Wentz. Uh, This has been seen in Ron making it a point to talk to Commander's players before announcing the decision. This also has been seen in how Ron has talked about the process by which he made the decision. He on Wednesday afternoon again talked about having prepped for this decision for years. Take a listen. I've, I've percolated over for 12 years. Always wondering what I would do in this situation, and and you know going into the you know in, into the situation, going back to after Chicago, I always thought if that happened, you know I'd go with my number two, and if he was rolling, I would continue to go with him because he was the hot hand. But I also knew that at some point there would be a, a time where we may need to have a spark come back. I mean I really did think all this out, and so when we got to that point, and as I thought about it. Um, Yesterday, um, I was in the office, and, and, and having gone through all these scenarios in my mind, the thinking is now would be the opportunity. And it just kind of matched up with what I've, what I've been thinking, for, thinking about for as long as I have. And, and so this situation, because I knew eventually it would happen, and it did happen. And so having thought through it and, and kind of saw these things fall into place like they had, you know, what I'd always thought about, came to fruition so I, I just felt now is the time to do it and with two left to go and you know right into a playoff hopefully you know we've got to be able to do it and get something out of it and hoping to get the little little bit of a spark like I said that you know could help get us going yeah Carson Wentz massive opportunity perhaps a career altering opportunity uh, starting with this start against the Browns at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon. Up next, the non-quarterback items from Ron Rivera and the Commanders on Wednesday, including some good news and some not-so-good news on the Commanders' injury report. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, in the spirit of the holiday season, please consider rating and reviewing the Al Galdi podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a brief review saying that you like the podcast. The review need only be a sentence or two. Uh, the ratings and the reviews do help us out a lot, and so thank you for doing them. Uh, the Commander's Wednesday injury report for their game against the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1 was a rather lengthy injury report. Uh, The report featured 10 Commanders players, 4 offensive players, and 6 defensive players. The 4 offensive players, well, we'll begin with running back Antonio Gibson. Uh, He, for Wednesday, was listed as not practicing due to foot and knee ailments. As you may recall, head coach Ron Rivera in a Zoom press conference on Tuesday afternoon said that Gibson was dealing with a sprain, but would not say what Gibson had sprained. And so we on Wednesday afternoon had the following exchange between Commander's Insider Matthew Paris of the Washington Times and Ron Rivera during Ron's post-practice press conference. Antonio Gibson sprained. He's left a knee slash ankle. Where's the sprain at? Uh, knee slash ankle. <laughs> okay. Fine. No, I mean, it, it is. I mean, he's dealing with both of them, so you know, it's just you know, it happened in the game, and that's why we, that's why we took him out of the game and and put Dax back there to return the ball. That's why, um, you know, Jonathan Williams finished up the game for us. You know, both the, both those backs were, were 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 pretty sore coming into the game, for the most part, and and uh, once we got to the end of the game, you know, we we felt. Just got to be smart with these young guys. And so we took them out and put Jonathan in, and and Jonathan did the job that we thought he would. Yeah, Antonio Gibson in the 37-20 loss at the San Francisco 49ers this past Saturday only played on 29% of the commander's offensive snaps. Interesting that Ron Rivera made it sound like injury and not Gibson's fumble was wide receiver Dax Milne took over for Gibson as the commander's primary kickoff returner on Saturday. Gibson had a muff catch for a fumble that he recovered on a third-quarter kickoff return, after which Dax Milne became the commander's primary kickoff returner. Uh, Here was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on his level of concern for Antonio Gibson's availability for Sunday afternoon's game against the Browns. Not not a lot of concern. I mean, we'll see... You know how he is tomorrow. I mean, that's that's the thing that we have to understand. Is it's never about, you know, now. It's always about how he is later in the week. So as we get further in the week, then the concern really happens. But right now, no. Just watching him, you know, get his treatments and doing things he needs to do. We'll see how he is. All right. 
right. So we'll see with Antonio Gibson. Running back Brian Robinson Jr. was on the commander's injury report, but he for Wednesday was listed as a full participant in practice. He's dealing with a quadriceps issue. Left guard Andrew Norwell for Wednesday was listed as a limited participant in practice due to a shoulder. Offensive lineman Sadiq Charles for Wednesday was listed as not practicing of having been inactive for the loss at the Niners due to a concussion. Uh, with the commander's defense safety, Cameron Curl for Wednesday was listed as a limited participant in practice due to the ankle injury that had him inactive for the loss at the Niners. Uh, his status for this game against the Browns, obviously a big deal. Corner Benjamin St. Juice for Wednesday was listed as a limited participant in practice due to his right ankle. Uh, the Juice in the loss at the Niners was back from a three-game absence. He suffered the right ankle injury in the win at the Houston Texans in Week 11. He had the first quarter of the loss at the Niners on Saturday, left the game, but he came back into the game and he ultimately played on 85% of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, edge defender Chase Young for Wednesday was listed as not practicing due to a non-COVID illness, so he hopefully will be fine in a day or two. Uh, edge defender James Smith-Williams for Wednesday was listed as not practicing due to a concussion that he suffered in the loss at the Niners, so that was bad news. Uh, linebacker John Bostic for Wednesday was listed as not practicing due to a pictorial injury that he suffered in the loss at the Niners, and edge defender Shaka Tony for Wednesday was listed as being a limited participant in practice due to an ankle. The commander's defense in, in the loss at the Niners was not at the defense's best. Uh, no Cam Curl had something to do with that. And, you know, the commanders in the game did do some good things defensively. Uh, the commanders held the Niners to just 4 of 11 on third downs. The commanders totaled three sacks. The commanders generated a big takeaway safety. Derek Forrest, second quarter interception. The commanders held 49ers running backs Christian McCaffrey and Tyreon Davis-Price to combined 24 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that works out to a yards per carry of just 3.17, but also for the commander's defense was it allowing quarterback Brock Purdy to go 15 to 22 for 234 yards, two touchdowns, and the interception. He had a yards per pass attempt of 10.64. Also, the commanders gave up a massive run for a touchdown receiver, Ray Ray McLeod, the third's second quarter, second and 10, 71 yard shotgun handoff touchdown run on an end around run. Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on what he's looking for in terms of improvement from the commander's defense. Well, the biggest thing and the only real thing that, that got us a couple times was we, we gave up a couple of big explosives that hurt us. And, you know, we had, we had contained most of those for a while. And so that's something that, you know, we can't allow to happen. Um, you know, I, th I thought, again, for the most part, there were some good things, a lot of good things that we did defensively. But probably the biggest thing that stood out was the fact that we, we allowed a few explosives that, 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 that were, play, were, were touchdowns. And, and we hadn't done that in a while. No, you hadn't. The commander's defense had been better at preventing explosive plays. The defense on Saturday was not good at preventing explosive plays. Niners tight end George Kittle, six receptions for 120 yards and two touchdowns on eight targets. The Browns have a very capable tight end in David Njoku. Uh, Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on how correctable the defense's errors in the loss at the Niners are. They're very correctable. I mean, you know, the the um, the, the the jet sweep, we 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 didn't set the edge as tight as we needed to to force it to stay inside. We we got stretched a little bit. We had a linebacker get cut off and pulled down, and we had. 
uh, we had a safety in a corner basically in the same crease in, and that that's a recipe for disaster and so we know we can we can do better than that um, and then as a as a safety on one of the deep throws to the tight end we bit up and you know they had shoot they had two guys there that could have made the play Yes, they did. Uh, The commanders for the 2022 regular season through Week 16 per Football Outsiders DVOA metric are number 11 in the NFL in total defense, number 16 in the NFL in pass defense, and number 11 in the NFL in run defense. Uh, Yeah, that run defense ranking has fallen in recent weeks, and the commanders' run defense, of course, will be tested this Sunday afternoon in the commanders facing Browns running back Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb for the 2022 regular season through week 16 is number three in the NFL in rushing yards at 1,344 and is number three among 40 qualified running backs in the NFL in DVOA for running backs on rushing attempts. Well, maybe, just maybe, the Wizards' season is not a lost cause. Uh, The Wizards now have won four of their last five games off having lost 13 of 14 games. Uh, The Wizards have gotten healthier, and they have gotten better. Although, on Wednesday night, we're back to being without Bradley Beal, but the Wizards on Wednesday night won. Uh, They improved to 15 and 21 with a 127-102 win over the Phoenix Suns at Capital One Arena. Now, the Suns were without some key guys. Uh, No Devin Booker due to a left groin strain. Uh, No Cameron Payne due to a right foot strain. But the Wizards were without Beal. Uh, He did not play due to left hamstring soreness that emerged in the Wizards' previous game, the 116-111 win over the Philadelphia 76ers at Capital One Arena on Tuesday night. But the Wizards still won the second game of a back-to-back with each game in the back-to-back being against a good team. And the Wizards on Wednesday night won in a blowout. The Wizards never trailed after the first quarter. Now, they did go just 8-26 on threes versus allowing the Suns to go 13-31 on threes. But the Wizards otherwise dominated this game. The Wizards outscored the Suns in the paint 60-28. The Wizards went 25-28 on free throws. The Suns went 11-16 on free throws. The Wizards out-rebounded the Suns 46-30. A lot of heroes for the Wizards in this game, but how about two guys who've recently come back from injury? Rui Hachimura and DeLon Wright. Uh, Rui on Wednesday night was a beast off the bench. He in just 27 minutes, 42 seconds as a reserve, scored a career high tying 30 points. 30 points in 27-42 off the bench. Uh, He went 1-2 on threes, 10-11 of on twos, and 7-8 of on free throws. Also had five rebounds, including three offensive boards. Here was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night on the work of Rui Hachimura. Oh, it was huge. I mean, I think right away his level of aggression, uh, you could tell. Um, You know, just not only playing downhill, but... um, you know, he was taking the right types of shots. You know, I think he was, um, he played with a sense of urgency, but, you know, he looked motivated, which, you know, it was a good sign. 
Yes, it was. Uh, Rui Hachimura in the Wizards' 120-112 loss at the Utah Jazz last Thursday night. Returned from a 16-game absence caused by right ankle soreness. Has been nice to have him back. And then Delon Wright uh, has been nice to have him back. Uh, Now, he is playing on a minutes restriction due to having uh, recently returned from a 29-game absence caused by a grade 2 right hamstring strain that he suffered in a 120-99 win over the Detroit Pistons at Capital One Arena on October 25th. But Delon on right on Wednesday night, 15 minutes, 29 seconds as a reserve. He was a defensive menace, man. Uh, he finished with three steals, three assists versus two turnovers and three points, but his stats don't do him justice. Uh, here was Wes Unsell Jr. during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night on DeLon Wright. Yeah, uh, you know, another great performance. I mean, it's it's limited, you know, and right now it's, it is what it is, but he makes the most of those minutes. Um, impacts the game right away. Uh, you know, the, his defensive ability, size, athleticism. He's got just great feel and timing. You know, and he just comes uh, comes away with deflections, finds a way to get to those loose balls. And you know, as we've talked about it, those are momentum plays. Um, you know, he single-handedly, in my opinion, kind of changed that stretch, which gave us, you know, um, pushed the distance for us. Yeah, you know, DeLon Wright's first game back was the 125-111 win at the Sacramento Kings this past Friday night. It is no coincidence that the Wizards are 3-0 and since he came back. Uh, his defensive presence is very key. Uh, also standing out for the Wizards on Wednesday night were a bunch of other guys. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, he in 35 minutes, 40 seconds as a starter, went 2-4 on threes, 6-13 on twos, and 4-4 on free throws. Finished with 22 points, 7 assists versus 1 turnover five rebounds, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 34. Uh, Monte Morris, he in 30 minutes, 33 seconds as a starter, went 1-2 on threes, 3-6 three on twos, and 3-3 three three on free throws. Finished with 12 points, 8 assists versus no turnovers, and 6 rebounds. Daniel Gafford, a very efficient game for him. He in just 24 minutes, 42 seconds as a starter, went 6-7 from the field, all twos, and 2-2 two two on free throws. He finished with 14 points, 8 rebounds, including 4 offensive boards and 3 blocks. Chris Dapps Porzingis in 33 minutes, 37 seconds as a starter, went just 2-6 on threes and committed 3 turnovers, but he also went 6-9 on twos and 4-4 four four on free throws and finished with 22 points and 6 rebounds. We also, with the Wizards on Wednesday night, had this. Will Barton was a DNP CD for a second consecutive game. He did not play due to coach's decision for a second consecutive game. Uh, Now, he was coming off a one-game absence caused by lower back soreness, but you now can't say this is like a health thing, okay? He has been available for each of the Wizards' last two games, but he has been a DNP CD for each of the Wizards' last two games. Uh, Barton pretty clearly is out of the Wes Unsell Jr. rotation right now. Uh, Next up for the Wizards, four consecutive road games, uh, starting with a game at the Orlando Magic, Friday night at 7. And some college basketball for you, number 13, Virginia. Uh, It on Wednesday evening played a game for the first time since a 66-64 loss at then number 22 Miami on December 20th. And the Cavaliers won. Uh, They improved to 9-2 overall with a 66-46 route of Albany at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, This was the Cavs' final non-conference game 
of this regular season. Uh, no Reese Beekman for the Cavs. He did not play due to a right hamstring injury that he suffered in the Cavs' 55-50 win over James Madison at John Paul Jones Arena on December 6th. Head coach Tony Bennett during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night said that he wants to get Beekman right. Uh, he still isn't right, and so he did not play on Wednesday evening. Uh, the Wahoos didn't need him. Uh, they held Albany to just 46 points, just 6 of 27 on threes, and just 10 of 25 on twos. Now, the Hoos went just 5 of 18 on threes and went just 11 of 20 on free throws, but the Hoos also went 20 of 34 on twos and outscored Albany in the paint 34-18. Good game for Armand Franklin. He, in 31 minutes, 8 seconds as a starter, went 3 of 6 on threes, 4 of 7 on twos, and 3 of 3 on free throws. Finished with 20 points, 2 blocks, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 36. Jaden Gardner, in 27 minutes, it's 15 seconds as a starter, 7 of 11 from the field, all twos, went 2 of 3 on free throws, finished with 16 points, 7 rebounds, including 3 offensive boards and 2 blocks. Kihei Clark, 26 minutes, 41 seconds as a starter, 10 assists versus 2 turnovers, also had 8 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 steals. Next up for Virginia at Georgia Tech this Saturday at noon. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 475, will feature in-depth preview of the 7-7 and 1 Commanders game against the 6-9 Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. We on Thursday expect to hear from Commanders Offensive Coordinator Scott Turner and Defensive Coordinator Jack Del Rio via post-practice press conferences. I'll welcome onto the show Jake Burns of the Orange and Brown Report. Uh, he is the host of the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast, which is a Browns film breakdown podcast. So Jake will give us high-level intel on the Browns. I'll give you my rhyming keys for a commander's win. I'll also give you a prediction for the game. Uh, also, on Friday's show, I'll talk Capitals. The Caps are home to the Ottawa Senators Thursday night at 7. I'll talk college basketball. Maryland is home to UMBC Thursday night at 7. Georgetown is at DePaul Thursday night at 8. And I will have a Goldilocks selection for you for Maryland football's bowl game. The Terrapins will play number 23 NC State in the Dukes Mayo Bowl at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina on Friday at noon. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Yeah, it, it sucks. Um, you know, every guy in this locker room feel, should feel like they should start. Um, if you don't, then you shouldn't be in this league. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm, I, again, I'm going to try and be the best backup I can be to him.